Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what a relief, huh? How about that? Oh, man. Honestly, it was like hearing the news. We're going to get a president. Oh, to be four years without one. Gosh. Where were you, Jerry, when you found out? Oh, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. All I can okay. tell you, I was in an airport and it was it was just a wonderful moment. But I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm going to talk a bit about that in my uh, commentary or whatever. Sounds but, good. Uh, and let's let everybody it was exciting. know. If it's not obvious, uh, well, we'll we'll tell you. We're recording this on November 10th, Tuesday night. So the election was a week ago. It would not have served much purpose had we done a podcast like Wednesday on the, what, the 4th, because we didn't know anything. So we learned uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Yes. And I can tell you, Megan, I was at home where I've been, you know, all sort of pinned down by the pandemic. Regular folks, rich people are still jetting around and stuff. But uh, <laughs> Jerry and the Kardashians. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry. Hey, there's a TV show, Jerry and the Kardashians. Oh, <laughs> I'd watch, yeah. Hell, I'd watch that show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, but anyway, so I was like, uh, and Megan and Jerry. Uh, oh, by the way, Jerry's going to give a thought, his thought of the week. They've been wonderful during this time period of the election. And leading up to it, we got Willie T. Taylor from California, who's going to join us a little bit later. We'll bring him on and he's going to do a song. Uh, Willie's been on our show before a couple of times and uh, really, really a a very cool singer songwriter. And uh, I always look forward to his being with us. And he is with us tonight. But I've been on my phone from my deal was I went to sleep on the night of the third. And I was pretty agitated and anxious Mm -hmm. because remember, we all went through this four years ago. Oh, yeah. And in the early, and remember, in the early results, most states, every state does this differently. I've been on a board of elections in Ohio. I don't know exactly how this all works. Maybe we can talk a little bit later on about what, you know, how do you rig an election in a state? I can guarantee you it can't be done. But anyway, the early results were the walk up voters on the third. They were heavily Trump because he told his people to do that. So I went to sleep and I'm no idiot. I knew that those were the votes they were counting. But you can't help but be nervous, right? Right. You guys agree? You can't help but be nervous. And as the days followed, the picture changed increasingly. And by Saturday, seems like it was about noontime or thereabouts, CNN had it first. And then I immediately switched to Fox. I went right to Fox and I stayed right there. And it was only about 10 minutes because, Jerry, you know how this works. Those brains who are in their war room and all those TV stations, people, we should tell people every news entity, unless they're all hooked into like the AP, then they rely on the AP. Yeah. Each news entity makes their judgment individually. They have their own brainiacs in a room 
and they're analyzing numbers, right? Steve yeah. Korniak, is that his name? Yeah. Steve? Guys like him, men and women yeah. like him. And then Fox, I'm sure, said, damn, CNN's announced it. Well, you know, we missing anything. And then, boom, they announced it. And once they put it up, and then others followed and rest. Yeah, but it should be said, in fairness to all of them, and it's Steve Kornacki on MSNBC, but the, the room... Steve you Kornacki, were, sorry. Yeah, the, the rooms you're talking about where the brainiacs are sitting with their computers and all the research they've done for weeks and months so that they can call a decision... They are totally separate from the on-air people. So the on-air people are getting yelled at by viewers such as us. Why don't you announce the results? It's obvious. It's obvious. They, They are not moved. They are not moved at all by those calls because the decision is made by the people in the room. And even the people that do that for Fox, they're not looking at the Fox's editorial point of view. They're not listening to the owner of Fox. That's why their polls and their them calling it is done totally independent of all the anchors on Fox, at least the nighttime anchors, who desperately want to, you know, pretend that Trump won. But so you do get an honest call by these networks, regardless of their political leanings. So I, I thought that was kind of healthy and hats off to Fox for sticking with that. You know, yeah. despite the Hannity's and Laura Ingram and all that stuff, they still kept honest. Hey, Megan, speak yeah. to uh, <clears throat> Anna. Yeah, it's a little too predictable. Say, hey, Megan, you're a woman. So how do you feel about Kamala Harris's <laughs> win? But yeah, but yeah you women. The- but on the other hand, I mean, it is a big moment for women, isn't it, Megan? Well, do you heck feel? Yeah. Absolutely, especially after like what we went through with Hillary and what we've gone through in the last few years with with the Trump administration and just you just see again and again and again, women just missing out on opportunities and and in an environment where they haven't been able to really hold um, these positions. It was refreshing. Um, Like Eugene, like I went to bed on Tuesday night. Actually, I didn't. I stayed up and watched CNN until way too late, but um, heard, you know, Van Jones and heard his take on everything and heard, you know. And while it was the same, I felt the same way. I was very excited for Kamala. I, I adore her. I think she is great. Um, there was still that sense of like, gosh, darn it. I really just wanted to like stick it to him <laughs> 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 on the day of the election. But no, as far as she goes and the way that uh, her speech on what Saturday night was so beautiful and, and oh, Saturday yeah. afternoon, um, very, very proud to have her in the office for sure. What'd you guys think of the... Uh... Street parties. I didn't actually anticipate that what I saw was going to happen. I mean, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? It went city by city, cameras everywhere, all major cities. And they were uh, thunderous celebrations, peaceful as you would have expected. And what do you think, Jer? It's what the country was feeling. A majority of the country was really feeling that. It wasn't just, oh, good, a Democrat won. It was, my God, we're finally rid, at least we thought at the moment, we're rid of this guy. He's at least not going to be president anymore. And that was like, I mean, that's why people started crying. I mean, it was emotional. It was Mm -hmm. something felt inside. We didn't realize how much of a strain these four years have been every single day. Another criminal act, another mean-spirited, 
I mean, it was just an assault on everything we thought our country was. And it was like, oh, and finally, oh, we got some good breaking news. It's the first breaking news that was good in, in four years, you know, yeah. it's, and the pandemic and everything. It was, ah, oh, finally. You know what leads up to it? And Jerry, you and I talked, uh, you know, multiple times during the, you know, the, the closing in on the end and then afterwards. Yeah. And we talked about, and I mentioned, and I'm certainly not boasting because it was so little engagement, but I, my, my daughter who's in Florida, kept yelling at me, you got to engage, you got to engage in this campaign. And I'm like, wow, yeah, it's a pandemic. And I have gone out and knocked on doors in other yeah. presidential campaigns, including Obama's and Hillary's and all that. And she said, no, go to uh, teamjoe.com and you can sign up to get on the phone bank. And I did that for the last, so I did it the day before and then all day on election day. It was very interesting. And it, it made me think, man, uh, this is feeling pretty good because they had, and I'm sure the, the Trump team had the same technological skills, but they had this thing rigged up where I didn't even have to talk to anybody to be trained. I watched the video. I read the material. They popped the script up in front of me when I was ready to make calls. I was making calls and I made them you know, throughout the day before and through election day. And I was calling into predictably Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, Arizona. Uh, Nevada, it was it was amazing, and it's all mechanized. Where boom, you know, they'll put a call up. I hear the phone ring, and then I'm talking to somebody. All done on a computer. So the point is, there were people like me all over America calling into yeah. battleground states. It's very efficient. You told me that your wife Mickey was doing a lot of stuff too. You yeah. did it too, standing on a street corner with a Biden Harris sign. Yeah, so we were yeah. fully engaged. The enthusiasm that we needed. It was great. We got, we got yeah. 76 million votes. Yeah. And counting 75, yeah. 76 million. Yeah. Amazing. All good. Well, it was it was unbelievable. Hey, Jerry, uh, yes. in light of all that, what are your uh, as you sat down and thought, well, what am I going to say about this formally on this podcast? We're anxious to hear. What do you got? Uh, well, this is what I wrote. Um, it was Saturday morning. I was standing at the gate at LaGuardia Airport, waiting to board the plane to Florida. All the TV sets tuned to CNN when suddenly Wolf Blitzer breaks in. Pennsylvania has been called. Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. The place went crazy. People cheering, high-fiving virtually all wearing masks. It was a collective, spontaneous, joyful celebration throughout the airport from gate to gate, as if the bars of a four-year prison term had suddenly sprung open. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. And then back to CNN. And Van Jones, the commentator on a panel with Anderson Cooper, was talking about what it meant to him. He was crying. And all these people at the gate were tearing up as well. And I had two immediate thoughts. The political thought that in the end, it was the cities, symbolically Philadelphia, the birthplace of our liberty and nation that was putting Biden and Harris over the top. The city that Trump, Lindsey Graham, Newt Gingrich, and these reprehensible Neanderthals, with apologies to Neanderthals, 
the city that they've been slandering, a not so subtle dog whistle to stop these black people from voting. But yet it was this black population which had every reason to resent and be angry at what for them was the false promise of America. It was black America by an 80 to 90% vote that defied the Republican repression efforts and tossed Trump and company from the presidency and finally completed the work of the impeachment that the Senate refused to do back a few months ago. The Senate wouldn't hold a trial, but the voters did. And Trump was found guilty by nearly 5 million votes. And finally, after four destructive, exhausting years of indecency, Trump was finally handed the verdict he so often rendered on television. You're fired. And indeed, he was. Black America delivered the knockout punch and what poetry there was in that. But beyond the political satisfaction, where for the first time in four years we can exhale, there was a tearful moment of poignancy. Watching Van Jones and Black America crying on television, articulating the historic pain and struggle he and his people endure every day in America that we of white privilege too often don't recognize, and frankly, too, for too many of our citizens, don't even care to recognize. The release of that emotion upon the announcement of Biden and Harris's victory, and Harris being the first African-American Asian woman vice president, the first in each of these categories, all this harkened back to that November in 2008, when crowds formed at Grant Park in Chicago upon the election of Barack Obama as America's first black president. That was a spine tingling, I didn't think it I'd ever see this day, God bless America moment. And one that those who observed it will never ever forget. And I thought about that moment standing at the airport gate a few days ago when the Biden-Harris victory was announced, that this is a history making moment as well substantially perhaps of greater significance than Obama's inspirational win. I say that not just because of the election of Kamala Harris as VP and all the firsts that that entails, but because when Obama won, he was running against a decent man, John McCain. And though people were certainly aware of the color of Obama's skin, McCain refused to play that card and it turned out not to be a major issue in the campaign, if one at all. But this time, as Biden often said, the soul of America and race was front and center on the ballot. Simply put, this time, you couldn't avoid or ignore the fact that America was voting on race. We were voting on an admittedly decent man running against an undeniably white supremacist or at least an apologist for white supremacy. And that being the issue, Black Lives Matter, voter suppression, they're good people on both sides, all of that was on the ballot. And America beat back this institutional as well as overt racism by five million votes. That is what made this election of Joe Biden an equally if not more significant election of Kamala Harris so historically and emotionally rewarding. This time racism was on the ballot 
and the good guys won. Not yet. One giant step for mankind, but surely one small step for man and woman and America. Yeah. Sorry. No, Jerry, right. beautiful. <clears throat> what All a right. lot of us felt. Yeah, yeah, good, Jerry. I can't believe I voted for Trump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think do your that. body would let you do that, Jerry. It would belt. Ask to do the comic relief. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, with us tonight's Gene said at the top of our show tonight, we have Willie T. Taylor visiting us again. Welcome back, hey, Willie. How are you? Hey there, hey, friends. How y'all doing? The first time we met you, Willie, was at the uh, what, the Whispering Beard about what four or five years ago now. Five. Yeah, years I think ago? that's when uh, Jerry took me yard on the wiffle ball field. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I might have struck him out. I forget. I, I... <laughs> yeah, I think it was that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we'll what go with have the you first been up one. to <laughs> since since our last meetings? Oh well, touring the world, playing music, and then um, you know um, lately probably like most everyone else, not a whole lot <laughs> in the last yeah. uh, making bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Willie, Willie T. I, uh, Catfish, uh, Matt Williams, AKA Catfish, uh, owner of folk school in Ludlow, Kentucky is a friend of yours. I know. And he told me a couple of years ago or so he was going out to visit you. Is that correct? Oh yes. His wife. Yep. So shortly after that, I, I'm a backpacker and I went with a friend of mine out to Yosemite and he told me that on the way to Yosemite, I might go near where you live. Is that true? Are you on the road to Yosemite? So Absolutely. To I'm right in the middle of uh, San Francisco and Yosemite. I'm on the route if you come from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I, it, that is God's country, isn't it? It's it's beautiful. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, How was the hiking decided- trip? Oh, it was fantastic. We spent about a week there doing, uh, you know, multiple backpack trips at different parts of the park. And uh, yeah, my beautiful. first time to Yosemite, I'd never been there before and uh, check it off. Yeah, it's fortunate to have such a beautiful thing right in the backyard here. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. So the song that we have this evening queued up, uh, Willie T, is Buckskin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, it's it's going to be on my new record which is, I think, perfectly, it's going to be called The Great Western Hangover. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So it's just a song of, like, uh, it's kind of my sexy number, I think. Um, Oh, yeah? (laughs) It's funny how... I don't put you and that together. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, because yeah. you're the picture of it, Jer. Because oh, you've yeah. got it yeah. locked. <laughs> Never yeah. mind. I'm an onion, Jer. I'm an onion. <laughs> yeah, right. you, got, you got a peeling. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got a... You got a... <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go back to Willie T. And we're going to listen to Buckskin. Here we go. Laughing at the rain 
got me on a mountaintop With my looking glass in hand And I'm watching every move you make As you're tearing through the plains There I dream that I'm one with you As I'm holding to devil can't catch up with you and it's driving him insane you are a wild buckskin and I hope you never tame yeah I hope you never tame that's off of your new album yeah it's uh getting recorded right now it was supposed to be recorded in april but la da 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 but um now it's getting done i'm very excited about it i think it's some of my, my funnest stuff to date that's awesome well that that song's a communication hey, is... hey willie t is that uh were you playing a ukulele on that no that's a 1927 guitar? martin tenor guitar tenor wow. guitar okay. yeah it's... that sounded good Name um, her name's Beverly. Where can we find some more of you? Oh, oh no, her Beverly. Name's Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell our listeners where we can hear more of your stuff. Um, well, I got off of all the social media because uh, I needed to meditate more in this world about all of the crud <laughs> that was happening. 
And now, wow. like y'all said, whew, I feel a whole lot better. Just, um, but I, I think you just find me on Spotify or iTunes and okay. and all that jazz. You can yeah. write, find me, write me a letter. I'll send you some records. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure. That is a heck of a song, Jerry. You can take notes. That's what sexy sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just thought sexy Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I make a different sound. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have Willie T. Take you out here. <laughs> Irene, good night. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, Willie T. Well, I'm sitting here with Jerry Springer, and we're geared up for opening day. When Vado hits a waff off dinger and the cheers from the crowds and the Reds win the game. Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I see you in my dream. Jerry Springer. Oh, sometimes the Reds win some games that please. But oftentimes it's the Yankees. (laughs) So I'll try sneak out the back door so you'll forget me anymore. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Y'all come back now, you hear? Thank you. Thank you.